Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Hey, everyone. We're getting ready to kick off another weekend of fun football, eh, Tom? Absolutely. Games keep getting more and more important as we go. Not only do we have some amazing football ahead, but perhaps the biggest UFC card since July? Uh, In a while, absolutely. Because seeing Khabib fights always entertaining now. Yeah, so you get Khabib against Justin Gaethje this weekend. Going to make for a great card, that's for sure. So, you know, let's start right off this week. Also, by the way, college football, we get the Big Ten back. Yes. We get some of the Mountain West action. Yes. There's a couple of 10.30 p.m. Saturday night games. Watch out. I am so excited for college football on Saturday. So, let's start by recapping last weekend's performance on our wagers. Yes, I was 1-2 and two in college, 1-2 and two in the NFL. Kevin, though, 0-2 uh, in college, he had the one game postponed. 3-0 and oh in the NFL last week, Kevin. 3-0. and oh. Finally, a 3-0. So we went four, combined 4-2 four and two in the NFL last weekend, yes. um, including that 3-0. And, oh, and I came out on top with my Moneyline winner for the fifth consecutive week. Absolutely. So that's five consecutive weeks with plus money winners given out right here on the Hammered Sports Podcast. So, you know, if we're looking for a positive spin from the struggles that we've had picking, that's certainly it. We seem to be able to identify a dog each week yeah. that we really like to, to win the game outright. So now yeah. if we can apply some of those principles to our other selections here, yeah, absolutely, we'll, uh, we'll really be doing some good things. So um, last week was uh, the Falcons, right? What did I have those guys at? Plus... I think they're like plus 160 maybe? one, 160 on the money. Yeah, yeah. plus 160. So um, nice little catch right there. Can make up for some, you know, we can make up for 50-50 picks the rest of the weekend. Um, so pretty excited about how that went. And this week we're going to go through, um, we're going to talk about the power ratings. Um, you know, I've, I've gone through and made the updates for this week's power ratings, and we're going to have some significant swings in those power ratings this week. Just... Quite frankly, there's been, you know, some some serious changes at the top, with a, a really poor performance by the Packers last weekend, yes. in Tampa, uh, which has led to a uh, seismic shift at the top of the power ratings leaderboard. Who we got as the big risers, Kev? So, uh, the biggest mover of the week, uh, as I take a look here, I gave a two point upgrade to. Let me take a look here and make sure I've got the right week in front of me and everything. <laughs> so, no, we've got... Let me pull it up here. Just need a little technical difficulty here, so i got to refresh the screen and, and get us back to what the power rating should be. Let's come back to it in just a minute, Tom. Uh, Talk a little bit about that Green Bay and Tampa Bay game uh, that we saw last weekend. Yeah, it was a really strange um, first half. So Green Bay comes out, puts up 10 points really quick, holds the Buccaneers in check for the first couple drives, and it looked like 
It was going to be all Green Bay. They looked much better on offense. And then the pick six. You get a pick six from, from um, Buccaneers. They, they get on the board. Then the Packers get the ball back. And another pick. And then all of a sudden the Bucks got another short field. And they punched that in for a touchdown. And from there it was just they, they didn't let up. Packers never got in sync. They were hitting Rodgers pretty much at will with that uh, front seven of the Buccaneers. Really got after it. Um, I'm gonna look here real quick, see how many stats or how many sacks they had. Because I felt like watching it, it was quite a few. Five sacks. They had five sacks in the game for 53 yards loss in that. Um, put that with the two interceptions. It's a it's a big difference in that game. No question about it. And then. You know, we had some other big games last weekend too, Tom. Uh, just kind of run down what we saw in uh, some of the other big games, including uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. Um, <laughs> so Kansas City ran all over the Bills, getting a, a win as both, both teams were four and one coming in off of their first losses. Kansas City looks like the team that had made the adjustments to get going, and we had a big upset: Denver upsetting the Patriots. Uh, we had a the a very exciting game in overtime, Tennessee and Houston, kind of back and forth. Tennessee pulling out in overtime, 42-36. to 36. Um, Another big game, that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game. Could Cleveland give Pittsburgh their first loss? Uh, no. Uh, short answer, no. 38-7, to 7, and it wasn't even, it didn't even feel that close for most of it. It was, it was a pretty big beatdown. Um, you know, those are the big games. A um, couple other things, the Giants got their first win as the Washington football team, who was my money line pick, score a touchdown, kick extra point, you're tied. They decide to go for two for the win. They don't get it. I They lose, I lose. Riverboat yeah. Ron does what he does. Absolutely. So I've got the updated power ratings here. Uh, everything was in order. I just uh, didn't update the differential column from last week. So uh, the big changes that we saw. Uh, this last week. Uh, the Browns were downgraded a point and a half this week. Um, they're taking a drop in the standings now. Um, quite frankly, the performance shows that they were playing uh, a little softer competition, and when they had to step up in class for the second time this year, they ended up getting a, a beat down for the second time this year. Yeah. Um, so they've been downgraded. I've now got them around an average NFL football team, and that may continue to trend downward here. Um, based on the performances coming up, also dropped the Packers a point and a half in the in the power rating. So um, they definitely uh, they showed that they were they were not the team that ever they had some deficiencies. And sure. Tampa seems to be getting it all together here. Yeah, I, we'll see if what they can do to rebound. I don't know if this was you know just sometimes you just have an off game. You're on the road. Buccaneers yeah. get those couple turnovers, get that going in the right direction. But you wait and see. Now the, the Packers, how do they rebound? What do they look like? And now the Patriots have dropped uh, another point and a half in the power rankings. They're, they're going to be moved down um, just outside the top ten, it looks like now, because that you can see that there are some issues with that team. Uh, they belong even lower than that, but it's hard to make a snap yes. judgment on that. you got to be careful. They'll get there if they deserve to be there. Yeah, you got to stay the course uh, when you're making these power ratings adjustments. So. Um, right yeah, now, it's, it's tough to see them lose to a, a Denver team at home. Denver not looking very good with Drew Locke at quarterback. And then Denver won without scoring a touchdown, which is yeah. even crazier. Um, unbelievable, really. And now, I mean, we'll start at the bottom here, and we'll talk about the bottom five right now. 
Um, we've got the New York Jets. They they are they were downgraded again. Uh, they're ten and a half points worse than an average team right now. Yeah, they're pretty bad. And you know they're four points worse than anyone else in my power ratings. <laughs> they are they are so bad. And they're then the uh, Washington Football Team. Uh, I kept them flat. They lost a close game that you know because they went for two instead of trying to tie they it. Went for the win. I, I can respect that. Yeah, so can I. Then I've got the Giants and Jaguars, both six points worse than an average team. You know, coming in at numbers twenty nine and thirty. Uh, I feel like they're in the right place in the rankings. And here's one that it's kind of standing out to me that maybe I'm too low on them now is the Atlanta Falcons. I've got them at minus five and a half um, to an average football team. Um, coming in at number 28 in the rankings. And I'm not entirely sure that they're not better than that and just haven't had an opportunity to show it yet. Um, They didn't collapse this week when they jumped out to the big lead. And that's the first time we can say that all year. Uh, They performed very well against a Minnesota team that's also struggling this season. But uh, that that was an impressive performance by Atlanta this weekend. And if that continues, I expect them to, to quickly rise these power ratings. Uh, pop quiz about Atlanta. Who was their leading rusher last week? Hmm. The, I guess that that's not the pop quiz. Todd Gurley. He, how many yards did he have rushing? Oh, 80. 47 yards on 20 attempts. Wow. They're just not running the ball. It's all in Matt Ryan's hands, and, you know, he's definitely capable with all those weapons at at wide receiver to throw it around. But 20 attempts for 47 yards is crazy when you're winning the game by that much to start. Like, uh, not good. That's how you lose big leads is not getting first downs after you get the lead. So now um, let's go to the the top of the power ratings here uh, where we have – there's been some significant changes here. Um, the Packers have fallen to number five in the power ratings at this point. Um, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers up to uh, number four. I'm sorry, the Packers are number six. The Buccaneers are five. The Steelers are four. Uh, then we've got the Ravens at number three. The, the Chiefs at number two. And the Seahawks at number one. Yeah, um, Seahawks still undefeated. I have them rated exactly the same as the Chiefs, but just because they're they're undefeated at this point, the Chiefs suffered one loss. They get the nod. Yeah, <laughs> they get the nod. Um, right now, you know, we're down to what a couple of te- three teams left that are undefeated. Yep. And uh, you know, the Titans fell just below that at number seven, so it's not like they're way off. Um, but the, the performance wasn't super impressive against that Texans team last weekend. Um, just a, the defense concerns me there in Tennessee a little bit. The Ravens are an interesting team, five and one, doing their thing. Uh, the game got close against Philadelphia in the end, and when you look at some of the Ravens' numbers and things over the last couple of weeks, it's a little worrisome long term. It may be a chance to look at maybe some closer games against some better teams coming up and bet against Baltimore. Uh, they did not run the ball very well. Uh, Lamar Jackson did his thing, but. If you take away his 108 yards from their 182, they were not running the ball well. Dobbins averaging three yards a carry. Edwards only 1.6 yards a carry. Uh, just some some things to, to keep an eye on with Baltimore as the next couple of weeks go. Absolutely. And then, you know, we've got the Seahawks who had the week off 
uh, in preparation for a game against the Cardinals this weekend, who just come off uh, a destruction of the Cowboys, yeah. who look like a complete mess right now. Uh, they were downgraded the most this week of anyone. Um, they're now minus three. Uh, they went from from basically an average football team to three points worse than an average football team, and that's coming off the quarterback change and yeah. uh, the performance by the defense continues to struggle. <laughs> I thought the return of Leighton Vander Esch might make a difference on that defense, and for about three series, it looked good early in that game. Yeah, and then they just, you know, they they couldn't do anything with it. So yeah, the Cardinals haven't been able to run the ball all year until they play Dallas. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not sure that the Cardinals aren't going to be overrated a little bit this weekend and moving forward because of that performance this weekend yeah. against a, a team that's really struggling. So now we're going we're, we're gonna to move on right now, and we're going to talk about the UFC that's coming up this weekend. Um, mix it up. We want to throw this one in because we love the UFC, and we haven't had a chance to talk too much about it. Um, we're just going to kind of highlight the, the major fights that we have on the card and any picks that you might like during the week time, or during the card, Tom. Do you see anything that stands out to you? So I was just looking in, uh, digging in a little bit to the Kennanier-Whitaker fight, as you heard. Um, I really... So the fight is interesting to me because I think you have two people who are a little, little different in style, right? Whitaker likes to keep people at bay. He hits, he moves, he hits, he moves. And Cannoneer's a little bit more come at you, knock your head off, or, uh, you know, even even has been showing the ability to get people to the ground, kind of wear them out down there, do some damage, um, and win rounds that way. So, you know, it was interesting. I was listening to Chael Sonnen talk about it, and, um, you know, he, he, same thing. He's like, if it was a kickboxing match, who would you take? And, you know, obviously you would, we would probably lean Whitaker's way. So the issue is, is you know, it's it's a it's a pick 'em basically. It's there's really not much there, and then the Walt Harris um, Alexander Volkov fight I really like uh, Volkov, but again minus one eighty, not a, not really a lot there to, to jump on and, and throw money at. Yeah, uh, one that I am kind of leaning towards getting on is uh, Ty Tuivasa against Stefan Struve. Struve has suffered a lot of losses in recent times. He's uh, one in five, one in four in his last five yeah. fights, uh, including uh, knockouts by Ben Rothwell and Alex Volkov. And both of those guys are obviously you know great punchers. He's also been knocked out by Alistair Overeem in his career. He gets some submission victories periodically because of all that length, but it seems all like Tuivasa is going to try and just keep it standing. Yeah. And if Tuivasa can can just stand and bang with him, I like his chances of of finishing this fight. So. Um, I'm going to take Tai Tuivasa at minus 110. We'll make that an official Hammered Sports wager this weekend um, because I think that he's got an opportunity here to, to get a finish. You know, he's he's 27 years old. Stefan Struve's a little long in the tooth at this point. Yeah. Tuivasa's still in his athletic prime, and, you know, he punches with serious power. Um, he's coming off three straight losses, but... He, you know, he had won some fights against Andre Arlovsky, Rashad Coulter, uh, James McSweeney. He punches hard. Um, let's just hope that he can keep it off the ground because otherwise, you know, he, yeah. he may end up choked out by that lanky uh, Stefan Struve. Any other fights that tickle your fancy on this card? Um, for gambling purposes, not really, although I always like whenever I see Sam Elvey on a card get being plus something. I always like to throw something on him. He's just the guy that seems to win fights you don't expect him to win. 
He's, you know, plus 250 again. So I'll, I'll probably throw a little something his way, hoping he uh, does what he does. Just land the big punch and change a fight. Can Gaethje stay standing? That I mean, That's the, that, that's the, the main event is how often will Khabib get Gaethje to the ground and how much does it take out of both of them? Uh, I think you've seen time and time again where Khabib gets guys to the ground, uh, wears them out, and then finishes them. You know, it, it's not necessarily one or two big punches from Khabib. It's the exhaustion that people face for being on the ground, trying to get up, trying to get him off you, absorbing punch, absorbing uh, blows that are not necessarily the most powerful, but again, they're impactful while you're on the ground. Your your body doesn't have sp- space to move to absorb it. it. So, I mean, I have the feeling that we'll see the same thing. Khabib will be able to get him to the ground. People have not, he has not shown the ability, people have not shown the ability to keep him from getting him out or yeah. getting him to the ground, so... Yeah, and, um, you know, Gaethje's been really great in these last several fights. The question is, is this step up in competition going to be too much for him? And I don't even necessarily think the step up point, it's the style. Gaethje likes to be a scrapper. He wants to, let's get to the middle of the cage and just throw and see who's the last man standing. And if he could convince Khabib to do that, sure, uh, he'd have a great chance. But I just don't think Khabib fights that way. It's not his style. Yeah, and, and he's not going to get in those kind of exchanges, I wouldn't expect. And that's the thing. Can Gaethje trick him into, you know, standing and banging? That's that's yeah. the question. So I'm not sure that he can. But, um, you know, and then there was one other fight on the card that I wanted to look at uh, really quickly. Does Walt Harris have a chance at finishing Alex Volkov, do you think, in this fight? Yeah, Walt Harris is a pretty good fighter and has a lot of power. Yeah. So absolutely, he has a chance. The la- so Volkov lost a decision to Curtis Blades, who held him down for three rounds, which is what Curtis Blades does to people. Yeah, lately, yeah. And uh, you know, prior to that, Volkov won a unanimous decision against Greg Hardy, which wasn't that impressive to me. Yeah. Um, Greg Hardy's very unseasoned when it comes to fighting in in MMA. Um, and then prior to that, Derek Lewis knocked out Volkov. So. You've got Walt Harris, who, if you're going to compare his fighting style to anyone, I think Derek Lewis is a good one to compare him to. Yep, uh, not as powerful, but a definitely similar puncher. Yeah. So, I like Walt Harris in this spot at plus 150. Plus 150 is not bad. Yeah. So, there's a there's another play that might be an opportunity for you as Walt Harris in that spot. So, um, it's going to be a fun card. I'm, I'm excited for it. I know that I know that you are, too. So, yeah, hopefully we can... Uh, we can get a good look at. Uh, it. I really want Gaethje to make it a fight. You know, yeah. I, if he can do that, it'll be so exciting to watch him getting Khabib out of his comfort zone. Uh, Khabib took McGregor out of his comfort zone immediately, and you could see that. Yeah, is Gaethje strong enough to find his way back to his feet if he gets taken down? That's the other question. Yeah, um, you know, and I think he certainly presents a better chance of standing up than. Connor did, for example, but I think that this could be a, a really, really fun slugfest. It's a little earlier, right, than than the usual card, or is it... I think they saw... I saw, like, 2 p.m. Eastern was the... It is in Abu Dhabi, so I'm not sure. Yeah. So, should be fun. Um, so, let's move on, Tom. Let's talk some college, college football. College football. Let's go. The Big Ten is back, baby. Big Ten is back. Things are right. 
Yeah, and the Mountain West, and you know, there's just going to be some more action that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. Four games on Friday night. I know. Four of them. What a yeah. what a blast that'll be. And I won't bury the lead. I got one of them on my card this oh, weekend. Oh, mama. So I decided that with my lack of success, recent success reading what's going on in the college football season so far, I'm going to go ahead and play three games that I haven't seen any of them play yet. I'm going to go based on the preseason evaluations that I made of these teams. Don't let your eyes get fooled. Right. I'm not going to be tricked by anything that's happened out there already. <laughs> so... I'll jump right in uh, with my first pick, Tom, if you don't mind. Get her going. I'm going to take that Friday night game in the Big Ten, and I'm going to take the Fighting Illini. Plus. Plus 19 and a half. 19 and a half right now. The Fighting fighting Illini returned Brandon Peters at quarterback. Um, His second year in the system, he had a really strong season. They get Mike Epstein, who was going to be their star running back from Florida, last season who tore his ACL at the beginning of the season. Uh, he's going to be back. He's going to be an upgrade for any of their running back position, anybody, anything over what they had last year. They returned four out of five starting offensive linemen on this team. Wisconsin, they return no Jonathan Taylor. They do not return, I guess, Jonathan Taylor, or uh, Tyler Biotish, uh, Quintez Cephas, Zach Bond. They have a lot of holes to fill. And Jonathan Taylor provided so much of their offensive production last year that I don't see how they're going to be a well-oiled machine the first game of the season. Now, they might win the game, but I'm not sure because this Illinois team beat them last year 24-23. There will be a little revenge on Wisconsin's mind, so if they can run it up, they will, but I don't think they can. I think there's too much returning to this Illini yeah. team, and the Illini are going to hang in this football game late. No, I like it. I, I think that spread is very large, and, you know, Big Ten teams traditionally, they don't throw the ball around once they get a 10-point lead, you know. So Wisconsin not being an exception to that rule at all. Only Ohio State, really. I feel like this is an... Uh, this is a pit that the spread is set based on the historical performance of these programs, not the performance that they saw on last season's yeah. team and the returning players that they have. I'm going to sprinkle a little on the money line on Illinois as well. Well, that is a pretty powerful money line because it's plus 700 right yeah. now. So I will sprinkle a little on the Illini money line in this game. Uh, my main bet's going to be Illini plus 19.5, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sprinkle a little there as well. Um, I think that this team returns a ton, and they had some struggles towards the end of the season. They're back and, and together, and they got those practices uh, leading up to the bowl game that they hadn't been to in forever. Lovey Smith is a program builder. He's doing a great job there. I love the Illini. All right. I am going with a favorite in my first pick, and this one's going to be my lock of the week. We're going with the Oklahoma Sooners. Versus TCU. So Oklahoma minus six and a half. Yeah, I, I feel if you were to have looked at this game before the season started, Oklahoma's 13, 16 point favorite in this game. Uh, a couple, a couple losses have thrown it, uh, but this team is getting better as they go. Two and two TCU's, um, uh, one and two. Their only win is to Texas. Oklahoma just beat as well. Uh, so give me the Sooners minus the six and a half 
I think this is about the time where they're going to start clicking. You, you don't get Oklahoma minus seven or less very often, so I'm taking a run at it. And Tom, let, you know, let's not be mistaken. That game against Texas, Oklahoma controls yes. the majority of that game, and then they had a breakdown in the last four minutes of the game to give Texas a chance and send it to overtime. So I think Oklahoma was the right side all along in that game, and I think they played that way for the majority of the game. I think that they're getting things right, and I think that they might win this game by a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, TCU's offense, I do not think, can keep up with Oklahoma's offense. Even as as spotty as Oklahoma's defense has looked, I still think that they're going to be able to put up enough points to distance themselves. Beautiful. What's your next pick, Tom? I'm going with a team that may have the the best defense in college football, the Kentucky Wildcats, minus six against Mizzou. Um, and, and it is that defense that makes me like this line. Mizzou is a team that's been, you know, not very impressive to start. They're one and two. They get uh, that win over LSU that's got them overvalued yes. right now. The, the games that Missouri has played, they got beat up by Alabama, Tennessee, beat them up pretty good, which at the time looked great because Tennessee looked really good. Now we're kind of seeing that Tennessee may be more of a middle-of-the-pack team after yep. their, their whooping from Georgia. And then they beat LSU, who LSU is not a good team this year in the SEC. Way down. And when you look at Kentucky, Kentucky, they've played a, a pretty daunting schedule so far. They had the loss to Auburn to start, a crazy game against Ole Miss. They lost in overtime, and then beat up on Mississippi State only allowing two points, and then shellacking Tennessee, beating them 34-7. to So give me Kentucky, give them the, me to continue that defense, keep that rolling, Kentucky minus the six. I like it. So next up for me, I'm going to take a quick look here. I am going to go, again, another Big Ten game, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Maryland Terrapins plus 11, at Northwestern. So, Maryland, it, you don't know who's going to play quarterback for them yet. They're staying very tight-lipped about it. Um, I was talking to some guys that are that are really deep into the college football game, um, and they think that maybe Tua's little brother won this job over Lance Legend. Um, for anybody who's watched QB1, Lance Legend is the quarterback from, from New Orleans. Super talented, high-level recruit. I think they're both going to get playing time in the game. But I think this is going to be an upgrade over what they experienced last year at quarterback. They returned some really good targets on the outside. They have a four-star recruit running back that's coming in that originally committed to LSU and transferred to change his commitment to Maryland. They're starting to get some higher-level commitments in this program. Got off to a great start last season, were ranked, and then folded. I think that this team's going to kind of bring themselves back a little bit. I don't think they're going to have a great season in all Big Ten schedule. They might win one or two games in the, in the schedule over the course of the season. But Northwestern had the poorest season that they've had in a long time. And I think that laying 11 points is too much for a Northwestern offense that just completely underperformed last season. I don't see them taking huge strides forward immediately. I think Maryland can hang around in this football game. Give me the plus 11 with the Terps. All right. Um, so you got one more? I got one more. One my, more here? Yeah, my final pick is uh, I'm going to go with the bully, uh, the brother of another bully. Uh, I'm going to take Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, uh, going up to Minnesota. 
I think Minnesota's going to take a step back this year. Michigan, I think, is laying three. Michigan minus three. I think this Michigan team is under a second year with offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. They're going to have, you know, they've got their quarterback situation figured out. It looks like Milton's won that job. Um, so it's uh, McCaffrey's put himself in the transfer portal. Um, the defense is going to continue to be strong. And Minnesota lost Tyler Johnson, who was really good. They do get back um, Tanner Morgan and um, their other receiver, um, Rashad Bateman. So it's a talented Minnesota offense, but I think that Michigan is going to be able to overwhelm them. I think they'll be able to slow things down a little bit. I don't think that Minnesota team is going to put up 30 or 40 points. So give me Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, if he gets an opportunity to step on someone's throat, he always does it. Absolutely. He, he believes in that wholeheartedly. He wants to open up the lead if he can. So give me the Wolverines, minus three. My last uh, college wager of the week is I'm going to take two teams I've seen quite recently play my team, Notre Dame, and I'm taking Florida State plus the four against Louisville. Um, Louisville, their score against Notre Dame was is closer than what Florida State was. It's a closer game. Never in that game did I feel like Notre Dame was going to lose. Yeah, Florida State scared me a few times. They're moving the ball, throwing it around, putting points up. They had me worried a couple times. Louisville never did anything except control the clock. That's what they were doing, controlling the clock. Notre Dame missed a bunch of opportunities in the middle of that football game to break her open. Florida State then comes back and beats North Carolina, who looks has been looking great all season long. Florida State seems to have figured some stuff out on offense. What they do well, Jordan Travis taking over on the offensive line or in the offensive side of the ball yeah. uh, has made a big difference for them. They're 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 moving the ball a lot better, pretty much at will the last couple of weeks. So give me them plus four against a, a Cardinals team that just has been very underwhelming this whole season. There, a lot of people on them to start the season, not so much anymore. Give me give me the Seminoles. I like it. So, you want to make the first NFL pick of the week, Tom? Oh, yeah. NFL, and what a bunch of great NFL games we have again. Uh, thank goodness for this league. Um, I'm going with a team that uh, is having, their, their, they're being tested a lot recently, some injuries, all sorts of craziness. Give me the Cowboys minus one against the Washington football team. This Washington football team is not very good. Their offense is a putrid mess, which helps because Dallas's defense is not very good. But I think even Andy Dalton can lead this super talented Cowboys offense to enough points to beat Washington. If they get to 24, I don't see how Washington can score that many. Yeah, I just don't see it. So give me the Cowboys minus the one on the road. It's Washington. Yeah, and I think the the wheels came off early against that Arizona team. They get down twenty one nothing. You know, it, things just never really got clicking. Zeke Elliott with a couple of fumbles, which I is not usual for him. He's well, it's very odd. I think they're going to correct some of those mistakes, and I like this pick, Tom. I'm going to start off my picks with the Green Bay Packers. After that stinker they put up in Tampa last weekend. If you think for one second that Aaron Rodgers is the kind of guy that's going to not take that to heart and work hard with this team, listen, the first four weeks of the season, everybody thought this Packers team was maybe the best in football. 
they go and lay one egg, and now you're only laying four to a one and five football team, uh, a one and five football team that can't stop anyone on the defensive side of the ball. No. How many points can Green Bay score in this game? Their over under for points is over under thirty and a half. I'm going to bet over 30.5 points on the Packers, too. I don't see how Houston can stop them from scoring that many points. They have great balance running and throwing the ball, and Houston cannot run it. They haven't run it well at all. Deshaun Watson has put up video game numbers, and his team is still losing these football games. I think the Packers do enough on the defensive side of the ball. They're only going to need to get a couple of stops because I'm not sure Houston will get any at all. (laughs) Give me the Packers minus four in a romp. What's your next pick? My next NFL pick? Uh, let me uh, take a quick look. Oh, I'm going to go to my money line pick of the week here. Oh, yeah. So we're on a five-game winning streak with the money line pick of the week, and we're going to go to Monday night, and we're going to go back to the Chicago Bears. Oh, boy. I'm going to take the Bears on the road. I think we're getting plus 210 on that right now, somewhere in there. 210, yep. The Bears, everyone wants to continue to doubt them. Everyone continues to say their offense isn't doing much. They're not running the well, ball. Well, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but they're winning football games. Yes. They know how to win. They've got a quarterback that's won the Super Bowl. You know, he's completely been... He, he fits the personality of this organization right now in that he's underrated continuously. He's not given the credit that's due to him for winning these games because he makes an errant throw periodically that's like, where the hell was that going? But, you know what? When it's clutch... And crunch time in a game, I, Nick Foles is a guy that I wouldn't mind under center any time. So that Bears defense has been overwhelming to the teams that they've played of late. The Rams' offense looked really, really problematic this past weekend against a 49ers defense that has struggled. Yeah. The defensive side of the ball, it looks like they're having a little trouble there in, in Los Angeles despite all the talent that they have. So... For me right now, I think that the Bears keep this tight, grind it out. They don't allow any of those big explosive plays. They make enough plays on defense, and Goff is still prone to make the mistake from time to time. I'm, I'm going to take the Bears to get the money line win. Yeah, I think this is an interesting game because you have two teams who have good records, 5-1, and 4-2, and two, so that's always makes for fun television. But you have two teams that you know really don't... They haven't looked impressive against a good team yet. Uh, the Bears obviously have the best win against the Buccaneers, the 20-19. to um, But the other ones, you got the Lions, the Giants, the Falcons, uh, which we all remember they were down against Atlanta to come back, and Carolina. And then the, the Rams, you could say the same exact thing. Their wins, the Cowboys, the, the Eagles. NFC East. Yeah, the whole NFC East, the Giants, the Washington football team. They've run the gamut. and They're, all, they're winless against anyone that's not in the <laughs> NFC East yeah. this season. So you have two teams where... Good records. How good are they? I mean, you know, maybe we'll see see a little sorting that out on Monday. I'm I'm excited to watch that game, and I think you're getting good value with Chicago on that. Two ten is a lot for that game. Feels like it should be pick them. When I look at these two teams, I actually have the Bears rated three points better than than the Rams. Being in LA, I would have the Bears just a slight favorite, maybe, um, or a pick them game somewhere in there. Yeah, I I can't see. Plus two ten. Five and a half. It doesn't make any sense. How do you sense. not bet at least the five and a half come Monday night? Yeah. All right, I'm up here for two, right? I got yep. the uh I'm going with a, a real easy chalk game. Well, you think it's easy till it happens, right? I got Kansas City minus the ten against Denver. Uh Mahomes has owned the Broncos since he's been in the NFL. 
I wish I could remember the number. I just heard it yesterday, too, about his his numbers against Denver are just silly. Um, Denver is not very good. They're, they're the 29th in offense this season and 16th in defense, middle of the pack. You know, that Chiefs offense is, is moving the ball, running the ball angry this week against the Buffalo, um, just flexing on them doing that. And if you're telling me I can get Pat Mahomes versus Drew Locke or Jeff Driscoll or Jake Plummer, whoever they're going to roll out there, give me Pat Mahomes minus the 10. And then I'm taking a big old swing. I, I gave Kevin the heads up on this one before the podcast. I'm taking Jacksonville as my money line play. We have a 1-5 team against a 1-4 team. Both of these teams have, have obviously struggled, but Jacksonville at plus 315 is a crazy value in a game that's probably going to be close. When you look at this down the line, there is no distinct advantage for either one. Uh, both their offenses are okay. Uh, both their defenses are okay. Neither of them are good. good good or great on either side of the ball. They're both just in the middle of everything. So when it comes down to it, who's going to make a play at the end? Do you trust the rookie quarterback in Herbert or the Gardner Minshew? Give me the Gardner. Give me the chance at a plus 315 money line. Big swing with a plus 300 comes a, a little bit of a risk. But I think when you look at it, that game should be close. Give me the money. Yeah, I like it. it, it it's a fun play there. I think it's a... It's an interesting play, so um, I, I love. Right, the game should I, I be love, close, right? I, I, you would think so, yeah. Like I don't see a, a way that it's just like, a, I mean, you never know in an NFL game, but I just, I just feel like this is a close game, and give me that big number as a as a chance to put a big wager in the bank account. All right, and your final NFL pick this week. That's it. That was it. Yeah, it's so on now, you. Now it's on me. My final NFL pick this week. I'm going to ride the wave of the Atlanta Falcons at minus two. I think that this is a situation where you've got Raheem Morris, who is a very well-liked coach. He's the one that came in and took over play calling on defense last year that led to their six straight wins. Now they go in and they get a very comfortable, dominant win in Minnesota in in their first game under Raheem Morris. Uh, Now you get an opportunity to come back home play your first game at home against the Detroit Lions who are struggling on the defensive side of the ball. I don't see how the Lions can stop this Atlanta offense from throwing it all over the field. It's going to come down to whether or not Matt Ryan makes mistakes in this game. If he can play a clean football game, uh, I don't I don't think that we're going to have a, uh, a Lions win here. I, I think that this is a comfortable, again, similar outcome to what just happened in Minnesota. I think you get... Atlanta into the 30s, and I think you get Detroit maybe to 21, 24 points. They'll, they'll do their part. They'll get into the mid-20s. But oh, man. I love the over in this game. Yeah. Uh, it's 55 right now, and you have two of the worst passing defenses in football and two of the best passing offenses in football. Yeah. Uh, actually, the Lions passing offense only averages 334, so they're about middle of the pack. But you, you have... The Falcons were averaging 396 yards per game. And just 311 passing, which is fourth in the NFL. Just chucking it all over the place. Yeah. Give me the over on that. Let's see some points. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like this is a, a situation where you just ride the wave of a team that they gain confidence finally. They yeah. went and got a win, and they didn't blow the lead, and they closed the game 
and they win by 20, and now you come back home, you're riding high, you're excited, you feel like, you know what, we're not dead. We're not dead. The NFC, the bottom of the NFC is wide open for that 6th and 7th wildcard spots. So I think Atlanta feels like they can turn their season around, and I think they start with a second win in a row right here. Let's talk about a game that neither of us are taking, but the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game. You have the two remaining undefeated teams in the AFC. There's only three left, the Seahawks and these two. Pittsburgh and Tennessee going at it. It's going to be in Tennessee. It's apparently the only play home games now. Um, third, third week in a row for them at home. Uh, Tennessee's minus one. So, you know, a, a true pick them at this point. And, uh, you know... I, when I watched the Pittsburgh play Cleveland last week, I was watching that Steelers defense going, how do you score against this defense? It's crazy how good they are. Uh, you you try to throw it, uh, T.J. Watt's not letting that happen. Uh, their corners are making plays, their secondary's good, and T.J. Watt's just getting you like every single time. You go to run it, and Tua is just stuffing people in the backfield. It's crazy to watch them play up front. Um, the maybe, loss of Devin Bush, I think, is concerning. Yes, However, the Titans also lost Taylor Lewan this week, their starting left tackle. Yeah. So you've got some injuries on, on both sides there. I tend to think that Tennessee will find a way to make the defense move up. You know what I mean? That they, This is what they do right now. You've got either you run Derrick Henry for 220 yards against somebody, or the defense has to squeeze up towards the line of scrimmage and then Tannehill's able to hit the play-action stuff over the top on you. So I, my belief here is that Tennessee's offense is a problem for people. It's a real challenge. I'm not as confident in Tennessee's defense. Yeah. So I think you might see a game that ends up a little higher scoring than you'd expect. I don't know. What's the over-under lay at that game right now? I, I'm guessing that it's got to be... You know, mid for high forties, forty eight, forty nine. I'm just fifty and a half. Fifty and a half. The one thing I would say about the Titans, um, they they only beat the Broncos by two to start the season. They only beat the Jaguars by three. They beat the Vikings by one. Throw out the craziness of them just pummeling my my poor Bills, and then they had to go to overtime to beat the Texans. This is a team that's just surviving, living each on week. the edge. Yeah. Who are Pittsburgh's wins against this season? Pittsburgh's but... wins are. The terrible Giants, the same Broncos team, the same Texans team. So, again, we have a couple comparable games here. And then the, the terrible Eagles, and then the, the, the best they looked was being up on the, the Browns, who are a 4-2 and two team. I have a feeling that Pittsburgh's being slightly overrated based on their dominance of bad teams so far this season. Um, that's the only thing that's concerning to me. I mean, a lot of people are very high on the Steelers. I heard some people from Pittsburgh throwing tantrums that the Steelers weren't number one in power rankings this week. Well, let's be honest. You've got to beat someone first. Yeah. If you beat Tennessee this week, you know, you deserve to climb a little higher. After a big win against Cleveland, now you beat the only other undefeated team. All right, then you can see it. I mean, these guys have some good big games coming up, too. The Steelers have, um, let's see, they got this week against the Titans. Next week, they get to go to Baltimore. That'll be a really fun game, whether they win against Tennessee or not. You know, the Baltimore sitting there five and one in the same division. That's going to be a slugfest. Yeah, 
Any uh, any potential? Did we see any potential flat spots based on? Can you pull up next week's schedule real quick? Got it. I just want to take a quick look here and see who's got big games. Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh's got a big game. Ugh. The schedule. Next week's schedule sucks. Yeah. Who do the Saints play? The Saints play all oh, at at Chicago. Maybe a little bit of a soft spot here playing Carolina this week. Division game. Usually it's you don't tough, get too though. much of a yeah. soft spot. Um, that might be an opportunity. Woof. Buffalo, um, but they're coming off a loss last week. Two losses. Week. Yeah. They should they better be ready. Um, so we, we get spoiled this week. Obviously, Thursday night, not too exciting. Giants, Philly, gross. The battle for the division. Yeah. Who's Casey at next week? Uh, the Sunshine Band. Oh, man. Casey has the Jets. They get to play the Jets next week. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so this week we have... We get spoiled a little bit. Thursday night, throw that out. But Sunday night, we have the 4-2 and two Buccaneers going to the 3-2 and two Raiders. Yeah. Fun football game. Monday night, we've Kev's one bet. Chicago 5-1, and one, Rams 4-2. and two. Next week's primetime game, Atlanta-Carolina. Thursday night, yuck. Yeah. Sunday night game, Dallas at Philly. Yuck. Monday night game, Tampa Bay at the Giants. Can we just make a rule to get rid of the NFC East from primetime games for the rest of the season? Can we let's, flex them out? Let's flex that Sunday night game out and get a chance to watch... Uh, Something else? <laughs> yeah. Tua make his debut for the Dolphins. I mean, I would much rather watch the Rams-Dolphins at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of big games next week, except for Pitt-Baltimore at 1. Or yeah. two weeks from now. Oh, yeah, next week. Yeah. That'll be so, good. Should be a fun weekend ahead, guys. This is a really good NFL schedule, followed by a little bit of a soft one next week. So enjoy this one. (laughs) Enjoy it. Hopefully we've got some winners on the docket for you. I like what we our selections tonight. I like our process on a lot of these. So uh, let's come out with a winning weekend, guys. Until next week. See See ya. ya.